just a couple of hours ago. It's Academy is a training program for emerging directors and producers. Um, it's a four days program and we just started today. I'm saying this because they are joined now by other professional guests of ITFA, so welcome. It has been a tradition to combine the first day with a series of industry talks. And I would like to also announce um, my colleague here, but last but not least, you've got some tokens, right, for drinks? It's at 3 o'clock, so at the end of this talk, uh, we celebrate Creative Europe, who's supporting us 25 years, and we have a drink and get to know each other better. So welcome for that. And now I would like to give the microphone to my colleague, Adrik van Nieuwenhuis, head of industry. Full house. Um, as Maike said, this is the, the first uh, one in combination with ITF Academy, the industry talks. That's a series of talks um, every afternoon uh, till Wednesday here in this Brakke uh, Grond Rode Zaal on various topics. Uh, tomorrow we have David, David McDowell on uh, PR and the importance of PR for your film to get it out. Uh, we have another talk about editing. Um, we have uh, Shifting Perspectives, which is one of our programs uh, running also with films in the festival. So uh, a very rich program. For most of you, you are going to attend ITF Academy program. For those not, please join later also for the ITF Academy or for the uh, talks. And now it's my pleasure to introduce to you our wonderful guest of today, uh, talking about <coughs> editing, which is... Uh, part of our um, Assembling Reality program, a focus on editing and the importance of editing and also um, um, shining light on the tremendous work of, of editors and how they help, together with the filmmakers, creating a story. And now on the floor, please, Menno Boerema and Maite Alderdi. Please welcome them. And of course, our wonderful moderator of today, Cecilia Lidi. Thank you. Welcome to all. And, and um, for those that weren't here in the morning, I can say my name is Cecilia. I'm the proud moderator of this session for the next one and a half hour. My background is I work as a commissioning editor at the Danish Film Institute. Uh, and as such, I come from a country where editors are considered kings. They are the ones that save or break or maybe other things with the film. Uh, but it's always interesting to delve into these, these, um, the work, I mean, what's going on in that room, that editing room, and I hope we'll get closer to that during this one and a half hour. Maite, great welcome to you, both of you. Um, so um, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to try to do this the Menno way, I've decided. And, and I've had some talks with Menno. And Menno you decided alone. I decided that alone. You're, you're going to steer me better. But so, so Menno has this thing, and it's kind of shocking to hear an editor say that he says, I'm against structure. I don't believe in structure, which is amazing. And he said something like, I, I, I find a beginning, and then I just see where the story takes me. So that's what we're going to try to do today. We're going to start with the beginning, and then we're going to try to go through topics as we go. Uh, so before we start, just another uh, uh, mention to you guys. Both Maite and Menno would li very much like to have an engaged audience. So if you want to ask questions or comments, please do so. Uh, we will start the session in a moment with actually asking you to react actively to something. We'll get to that in a moment. But before that, I think we should start by setting the stage. Not long film filmographies, especially for you, Menno, because that would take too long. 
but just a, just a few words about Menno, seasoned, experienced, award-winning editor. Have been editing films since 1978. Uh, worked both in fiction and documentaries. Yeah. Um, Actually, I started out in fiction, and only later I moved more and more to documentaries. Can we just, for, for the fun of it, a small word about why you've moved into documentaries and, and left fiction behind? Totally behind. It still will be a fiction film, but uh, one of the reasons, or the major reason, documentary is much more challenging, and it allows me. Um, the reason I'm still editing, because 40 years of editing is a long time, and um, what I, I, I never, I never, I don't care about story. I find stories boring. So, part of the reason why I find fiction boring usually. Um, but the reason I still, I'm still working is because I like to sort of push on the boundaries of the film language, and that keeps the work interesting for me. And especially documentary, you have much more freedom. In nearly every documentary, you have to find your, a new way of telling whatever the, sub, the story or the subject is. And the kind of documentary I like doing are also usually documentaries which have a message. And fiction usually is about just entertaining people, and I, I don't want to entertain people. I want to have a bit of, I want to make people think. Perfect, thank you, Menno. Yeah. Uh, Maite, I think it's fair to say, young filmmaker, uh, but still have a few very successful films under your belt. You have Tea Time from a few years back. I remember you <laughs> pitching that at the, at the ITFA forum some years ago. Yeah, 2011 I pitched. 2011. And now this one, The Grown Ups. Yes. Um, can I just start by asking how you two met? What was, this, what was the meeting point for you guys? Here. Yes. Here at the IFA <laughs> Academy Summer School, at is that correct? At the Academy Summer School with Tea Time, uh, Meno was my tutor, so he helped me to finish the film. We worked like in the final stage of Tea Time together. And that's when you found that working together... And we, in that moment, we found that we can work together. Yeah. No. Because I think it's fair to say that when you work otherwise in your film, you work with a pretty set team. You have the same DOP. Yeah, I usually work with the same team, with the same DOP, the same soundman, the same uh, editors. And yeah, it's very difficult to me to add new talent, creative talent. But when I find it, I really want to continue working with, yeah. So just to say, it was quite a step for you to choose to work with Menno on your next film. Is that correct? Or yes. Yeah. I, now I need to work with Menno in all my films, and I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to do it, but <laughs> I need it. No, it's a done deal. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's, let's start with the film that we're going to talk about today, and the clips we'll see in a moment. Tell us about the process of the filmmaking until Menno came on board. Okay. The grown-ups, we start the research in 2012. It was two years of research, uh, searching for the better characters, and I, when I find the characters, I stay with them like one year making research, because I am very convinced that you must know very well the characters until to came with the camera, and, and I make observational documentaries, and for observational documentaries, I trust that the things that you saw in the research are going to be are going to be repetitive again in the shootings, but you must know that place to predict 
where to put the camera and how the things are going to be during the <coughs> shooting. So I spent one year with them making research and then one year in that school uh, three times per week shooting. Maybe we should just backtrack a moment. Tell us where, where the, the movie is staged, ah, based. It's in Chile, in Santiago, in a school for Down syndrome people. And the main character have been in that school for 40 years, and they don't want to be in the school anymore. And yeah, and then we shoot one year the film there, and then we edit six months in Chile until came to work with Manu, and we work like six weeks to finish. Eight, I think. Eight. Eight. So you and you had been so you, as, as I remember so you had been so you said research one year, filming for one year or two years yeah, one, one year, and you had a you, you worked like three days a week so it was like a very very um, how should I say structured process. Yes, it was like to came back to school again all days, uh, and yeah, one year in the school year. Okay, so you came you came to to Menno with uh, what we could call a rough cut. A, a two hour rough cut. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe we should start there then. And, and should, we, should we try to yeah. see the first clip? Or would you like to say a few words before that? Menno wants Menno to start performing. <laughs> so he can explain that. I'm not happy with the play that he's proposed. Okay, so, so, so already now we will see, see, see <laughs> the, the, the challenge in cooperation sometimes. <laughs> and, and even though that Maite says, that Menno always needs to be in the future in all your projects because it really clicked. <laughs> I think it's safe to say there have also been challenges in the NET room, fights, yeah. discussions, this Hello. is part of it. And, and one thing that has happened today is that Menno thought it was a very good idea to start by showing you two clips. Uh, and the clip you will see is, and we won't tell you which is which, uh, one is the beginning of the film, the other one could have been the beginning of the film. Um, we will show you both <laughs> clips, and Menno, Menno wants you to react and say which uh, beginning you like the most. <laughs> I don't want to hear that answer. Maite does not want to hear it. But I think for, for the sake of engaging the audience, I think it's a good yeah, way it's to a, start. It's a good uh, dynamic. But Shall we? It's a good idea, but I don't want to hear it. Okay. Um, but let's, let's do it. Let's start by seeing something, then we can discuss more. Yeah. So two clips. Thank you. 
There's a second clip. Okay, just be very clear. There was one possible beginning where you see them selling. And there was another possible beginning where you see them go by bus to school. Yes. Is that the correct? Uh, shall we ask them? Yep, definitely. No. <laughs> um, which, which beginning did you like best? The selling or the being picked up by Okay, the how many say the first? Hands up. How many say the second? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. 
we should, well, let's say, which one was it? Which one did you decide on? The second one. The second one is the beginning, yeah. the bus. And maybe you could should elaborate how, and this, com th this kind of goes into the discussion about having a, a view from the outside on a material, understanding it in an international context, and so forth, correct? Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I was a big fan of the first beginning because, because for me it showed exactly the problem of the film, how these people are never taken seriously by us, the so-called normal people. Our society also pushes away, does not want to see us, does not want to open the gate, they won't even buy one single merengue just as a gesture, whatever. So it sort of was, it, for me it had the whole film, it, it told the whole story of the film in a, like a prologue way. Um, I really like that. However, <laughs> no, it was not my decision only. No, no, we we no, were agreeing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just to be, just to be, be clear, clear yeah. I'm happy with the beginning we have now, and I believe in that beginning, and it was a positive choice. Yes. Well, we, we spent like three weeks discussing the beginning. Oh, it definitely. was like yeah. the big concern and the big problem, and it's usually the big challenge, how are you going to introduce your characters? And I agree with the selling things and all the situation, but when we show the film here to other people, we realize something that I never uh, thought before, that it's that in Chile, they go to this school that is a special school, but for example, here in the Netherlands, they live in that kind of place, and we don't have that kind of place, place and that it's a problem of the Chilean situation for uh, these characters also. So it was, and the people get confused when we show the film about do they live there? Uh, do they go to that place? Do they have parents? And <coughs> maybe it's not so important, you can say, well, uh, who cares about that? But it was relevant to understand their situation and this a little clip of the bus, at least at the beginning, put you in the situation that, okay, they are going to school all day. Yeah. In the other hand, we have a big doubt with the voiceover, of course, because it's not a film with voiceover, it's an observational documentary that you see the situation and how the character develop themselves in the action, and the voiceover really uh, paced this, and yeah. But finally, it was important to put clear the situation that they were on, that they have been there for 40 years. If you don't say that at the beginning, you don't feel the boring situation that they are really living in that place and how they life it's a constant loop and all the days are the same, so you must say it, and it was important to put it. And also, this is like a very, maybe stupid thing, but they are, you have to recognize them, and it's very difficult. It's like you say, like, okay, they look all of them like each other. In Tea Time, my previous film, it was the same. Everybody told me, like, all the old women are the same, and I say, no, one is blonde, one is <laughs> fat, that the other one are different, but the, the audience didn't recognize them, and he, here was the same. Like, the people didn't recognize uh, them, and still they, them as a big group and we needed we need to say like okay we have four characters and it's this 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 and these are the basic characteristic of each one that you can 
recognize them after because it's a classroom with a lot of people, so you must know which one are we going to follow. That's how that is for now. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's, it seems so like, yes, please. So it was, uh, for me, a typical example how you sometimes choose for maybe a lesser scene or less beautiful images mm. because you have to make something clear or you have to, for whatever reasons you, you there are, um, that you weigh often in editing, you have to, uh, let's say, sacrifice what you're being like or, or, or because you also have to explain or you have to show or you're also telling a story, which always in, is in a first place. You know, one thing you should never do is confuse your audience hmm. on simple things like this. So, so, a red so you make, you know, you yeah, make a red a, thread is that you need to make sometimes difficult choices, maybe less cinematic choices, yes. in order to get some kind of point yeah. or, yeah. or, or necessary yeah. information. Yeah. Well, that, that brings me to, to just to, to backtrack a bit from the film again and the meeting point between editor and, and filmmaker. Um, I asked you, Meno, you know, you know, I mean, the level of consensus. I mean, how do you find each other before starting the work of making the film, before the creative process? You say you often have at length discuss discussions with directors about other things. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, one one thing I don't want to do. Uh, that's with people I don't know yet. I mean, if I work with somebody, it's a different case. Okay. But, um, if there's somebody new, um, there's one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to read the script. And actually, I don't even want to know what the film is about. I don't care, <laughs> really. Um, but what I do want to do, I want to talk with the director. And I like to see all the work, because all the work tells me about how somebody thinks, what kind of way somebody wants to tell a story, what kind of story, and that tells me what kind of film <laughs> story I can expect. But I like to talk about all kinds of other things, everything but the film. And you talked about finding, because through these discussions, finding the core or the value or what's most, most important for the filmmaker. Yeah. Enable yeah. to bring out what, what, what is the best film for them. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. I find that interesting because it's, you would think you would go in and talk about structure and the efficient way of telling a story, but you're much more about maybe defining for, for them yeah. what they're not even uh, aware of themselves sometimes. Yeah. You, you said two words there, don't like efficient mm. and story. <laughs> so, please. Um, Film is not about efficiency at all, in my view. Film is about making people think again. And for that, some, you often need time. And film is also about just, just the, 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 the power of image. And um, that's one thing I like a lot about making all of films. An image is an image. It really, it's the framing helps to, to show me. Usually, in, in most films I see, um, the frame is just an excuse to show what's happening in the frame. To f people are just following the action mm -hmm. so that I can see and understand what's happening or what people are saying or whatever. For me, a good shot is a shot where the, the, whole, the whole of the shot tells more than what's just happening in the frame. And one of the things I often see in my films are that kind of powerful shots. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's yeah, what I work for. Oh, that's why I make films. <laughs> I'll say something nasty after that. Yeah, I know. I thought the time. It's nice. Life still has time to say something nice. And just to come back to what you mean, um, f for me, um, don't bother to call me if you don't have anything to say. If you don't want to 
say something about the world and whatever, uh, or the world of life or death or whatever. Um, I'm not interested in entertaining people. Um, I, want to, I want to make people think. And so films have to have not just a good subject, or I don't, I don't care about the subject, subject story is more or less the same. I care what's underneath, why people want to make a film, what they want to say to the world, and how, hopefully, we manage to change the thinking of the people, and thus, we manage to change the world a tiny little bit. What it means in a larger context, yeah. yeah. So, Maite, over to you. Um, and talking about the, the, the material that, that mm -hmm. my Menno got in his hands, I mean, so you always work with the same DOP. There's, there's a certain and strict construction of the images, at least. And you seem to be very much a filmmaker that has the, the power of the image and you, 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 you are in command of your material. If you, you, you research a long time, you know what you're going for and you get it. And you have a rough cut, and if I remember correctly, you had been through several versions of the film. How many before Menno had the material? Four, I think. Okay, so you knew your material, you had an idea of where you want to go. So tell me about the process of then going into discussion, even though I know you two clicked and you had respect for Menno, and I know you're a filmmaker that sits in the editing room. Yeah. How, how talk, talk a bit about the process of working with Menno and how you found consensus in the room or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, it's <coughs> I think that I don't know to use Final Cut and not Premiere. I don't know how to edit. So I have to really trust everything <laughs> in the editor because I cannot change it after it's like what there happened. And I work like, I have the film in my mind all the time and I work in a very precarious way. I printed all the image and I put it in magnet <laughs> and I came to the office of Meno and put all my magnets in the fridge and I said to him, well, the first, the second scene and I moved to everywhere with my magnets. And <laughs> I think that we make the, Meno doesn't want to speak about structure, but I think that the big challenge that we have finally was the structure because we have four main characters and the most difficult thing for me, I think it's, it's like to put all of them in the same level of development. And, and we change the structure like, I don't know, I have in my computer like 20 different like way to move the scenes and was a really, really puzzle to this image. Puzzle, puzzle? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that you can move it scene to everywhere and and it's work but it's also work in this place so it was a difficult film I think in that situation that you really can put you don't have like a classical situation that develop in a chronological way so you can really play with the material so mm -hmm. that was the big challenge how to play and how to put all the characters in the same level not when we have a main love story, of course, that it's the, the most powerful, but it's not the, it was not the film about the love story, it was about the group, so we, was, we need to respect the group, and I think that that was the more difficult situation. Yeah, so the quality of the observational material is, creates a freedom, but also a challenge in how no, to... So <coughs> the material was focused on the four characters, and when I shoot it, I spent like one month per characters and then I continue with the other and in the, because they are almost all the time in a kitchen in the school, 
And one day I decided today it's the day of Rita. And I spent all the day with her because she has the microphone and I don't care what happened with the other ones because that day was Rita day and I have to wait with her what things happened to her. And well, that's why I also like to work with the same team because the peop I get used to them and the other people get used to them and you need to enter to the situation and live with them for a long time. So you must feel comfortable and the camera feels comfortable with these characters. So we have a lot of like 200 hours of materials, but for the different characters. I think it was a lot, but Menon now is editing a film with 1,000 hours, so <laughs> my case it's not so terrible. My case it's not so terrible. Yeah, but we have a lot of material that is action and day-by-day -day situations, so you have to construct the character with minimum things. Um, yeah, I think we, I and we are convinced that you can speak about the world with small scale situations finally. It's just more important to speak with that situation about the world than with big issues. So, so speaking about Rita, should we see the next clip? Uh, Rita, yeah. Rita that was a challenge for us, I think, no? Yeah. Because we really love Rita and when we showed it film, everybody hates Rita, and it was like, okay, we have a problem with Rita. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it was our, my darling in the shooting, our darling in the editing room, but it's a character that it's completely out of the point of view of the, of the film, because she never grew up. So it's the one that is a child all the time, but she's very char charming in, in that way. She's charming and totally yeah. Also often way annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we love it in, yeah. in that situation also. Mm. So uh, it was very difficult because the people go out of the film when we show Rita, and we have to find an equilibrium. With basically, what we had to try was to make the audience first love her before we could also show her annoying sides. Because mm. she's definitely both. I mean. Mm. No. Sh shall we see the clip and then we can talk a bit more? Okay. Do you want to set yeah. up the clip, or is that? Uh, yeah, the clip is a very classical situation of all the characters in the kitchen, in the day-by-day <coughs> -day dynamic that they have all the time. The Rita clip, please.
mi chocolate y mi bebida, porque está a dieta. ¿Está ahí a dieta, Rita? No. Sí, está ahí a dieta. No, ya te no. ¿Rita? No, 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 that you have been confronted with that people th think it's staged. You know, yeah. think that they have, you have asked her to do so. And yeah, I, it was uh, when that scene was in the um, trailer, in the teaser that we used in, in the forum and also to show the film. And with that Rita scene, a lot of commission editors told me, okay, but it feels really fake. Like you told to her that please steal and put the chocolate in your pocket. No, uh, that's uh, like, I think that you don't understand anything about uh, observational documentary if do you think that that is fake? Like, as I know Rita so well, if the teachers say to her, please go and, and cut the chocolate and she's on a diet, she always steal food off the place and we are waiting for the camera, with the camera until she steal the food, and we know that she's going to steal the food because she steal everything. So we have to be there and to put the camera as we want to put it, and that is going to happen in front of, in front of the camera. And I'm really convinced, I can't bet that that is going to happen. You have to wait, you have to be patient with the camera, wait hours sometimes until that happens. But that happened in front of the camera. It seems fake, okay, maybe because the camera is perfect in the perfect frame because, but it's because you know that it's going to happen. So that kind of situation usually seems stage in the film, uh, but are that are the time that you spend with the character. Patience and research, basically. Yeah, patience. Yeah. The and filmmaking is a documentary of, uh, <coughs> filmmaking documentaries is an exercise of be patient. And not only, it's also, also choice. And we will see that at the end of the next clip, I think, there's a certain shot which, when I saw it, I didn't believe it was just happening. It's too, it's too, too beautiful, too powerful, too perfect moment. So I sort of had, I, I asked you, how, do, how the hell did you make that shot? Mm. And they said, well, you know, you have to be there. And you have to, and that's very important, 
And um, it's a little bit what Michael said before, that on a certain day she would say, okay, it's Rita's day. Now I shoot Rita, whatever happens. And probably a lot of you also do the on-camera work, I, pres I presume. And what I see a lot in film is that, okay, you're shooting, and then something happens, so you're scared to miss it, so you immediately pan, and it's already happening, so you miss the beginning. Um, choose. Always go for a shot, choose your shot. And yes, you will miss something occasionally, but you will gain so much more. And this kind of camera where you always, you know, something's happening, there. oh, she's saying, oh, shit, see, you end up with nothing. It, ha it happens to me all the time that people, because of not choosing, lose moments. <coughs> and in, and, and you, end, you end up with nothing. And when you choose, I, I know that you feel that it's risky, and you feel like, oh, everything is happened there, and I have the camera here. But I learned, I think, with tea time, that we have, like, we cannot move the camera because the space was very reduced. So you were there and the thing is really happening there. But finally, the out of frame, it's more important that the action indeed, like the reaction of the character for the situation, sometimes are more powerful than the situation indeed. I am sorry that I'm going for tea time, but for example, there was a dialogue of a woman that uh, she forget that she has an operation of the eye one year before. And she was forgetting that situation, and I thought, oh, I, I need to move and go with her because she's forgetting that. But the reaction of the friend realizing that the friend didn't remember that, it was like, oh, she doesn't remember, it's terrible. Like, she has Alzheimer's. <coughs> that reaction was more powerful than the situation indeed. In so, uh, that is to choose, and when you choose, you are going to have things that you don't think that you will have it, because as Menno say, you are all the time searching for the action, but the action is not the first thing that you think <coughs> it's, it's, it's in other place. So it's sometimes when you lose something, you have other things that you never thought. And actually, that's also um, another thing that way often I find it more interesting to see um, not exactly what's happening, but how people react to what's happening. Um, that goes for fiction, that goes for documentary. Usually it's more interesting to see the person hearing something than the person saying something. Um, because it, there are two reasons for that. Let, let's say if it's a sort of action and I see whatever happens, um, I just look at it. Um, but the moment I see somebody looking and reacting to whatever is happening, it makes me easier to identify with the feeling. Because in the action, I might, I might <coughs> do, do, not do the action in that way, or say whatever, but through the, uh, through the person seeing it, I can identify much more easily and internalize what's happening on the screen. So it becomes more emotional. And film is about emotion in the end. It's about how emotion of the audience, how you play with that emotion, so you use that kind of mechanism. And that was my next question, because you, talk, you talked with me about the emotional impact of the storytelling, or not maybe the storytelling, but the film itself, I have to be careful with my words here, um, and that's like your job. The storytelling is allowed because it's verb. Okay. It's yeah. always 
structure is not allowed it's a fixed thing structure in is allowed it's very specific here <laughs> very specific. no but I think it's very interesting thinking about the material you were working with yeah. which is, is as such quite perfect uh, and almost to the point where people think it might be staged and you're working with the emotional impact could you, could you uh, evaluate well, that a bit I mean how well, you work with one that? thing um, so Maite came along with Juan the, the editor and we worked together for a long time um, and he did a lot of very good work. Um, but one of the things, like, with, he was focusing very much on what's happening mm. on the story. Now, one of the first things we started doing is very often we made shots a bit longer to, to have somebody looking longer and, not, and taking away from the actual uh, whatever was happening, the actual action, but more about um, how you, as if you were watching it or live the action. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's good for explaining it well, but... But that's, as you say, that's, that's and identifying. And it's dramatizing all, yeah. all the action. Yeah. It's not, you know, let, let's say uh, uh, Anita and Andres kiss, and you cut to Anita, who also wants a boyfriend, because, you know, we have to see that she... So, so we cut to Anita, then we cut back because we want to see what's happening with the kiss. Now, that's the kind of shot I would make four times as long because one I start wondering what the hell is she seeing and I start imagining what I would want to see or what I would through the situation so I identify much more mm. and get more involved in the film mm. and it dramatizes the action now it's also documentary even if it's you know very much about factual documentary or let's say the historical reconstruction always dramatize and the dramatization is both about duration, not just juxtaposition of, of the different events, it's but also the, the duration of it. the scene, how you live, how I live it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any questions at this point? We're just talking on here. It's so interesting. But if, yes, please. I was wondering how much of the camera Oh, please wait for the yeah. mic just for two seconds so everyone can hear. How many cameras did you use at the same time? Was it always just one? Always one. I cannot really? work with two cameras. Yeah, it, that's a choice. Problem. That's a choice. I yeah. cannot direct two cameras. You have to be focusing one and to decide and to choose the better frame and to be there waiting with, the, with your frame. In this kind of documentaries, if you are working in other kinds, you can decide other things, but always one camera because you need to be there and when you work with groups uh, you really try to the people get used to you to the cameras and with one camera it's difficult if you put two it's like a tv studio you can really don't work with the people so we try to disappear in that world so one camera is enough but that also has consequences because if for example yeah. if you see tea time um, just to make it just very shortly, tea times by the group of older Chilean ladies who have tea once a month. Now it's all shot more or less in this kind of uh, uh, frame, Close, yeah, frame. <laughs> and because they were using shots from shots from a year later or a year earlier, just mixing everything way early in the edit, you have to make clear that in one shot you'll be wearing the jacket, in the next shot you'll be wearing something totally different. So, but as long as you set up that way early in your film that you as an audience are used to it, then you don't bother about it anymore. Then you don't think, oh, but now she's suddenly not wearing glasses and she wasn't or whatever. 
if you make your language clear at the beginning of your film, whatever your language might be, then you can do whatever you want here too, because of the way of shooting. Yeah, let's say somebody will come in the morning wearing something and playtimes, they wear something else. As long as you make it clear at the beginning, it's no problem. If you don't make it clear in the beginning, then, then it will become a problem. And if you use the camera, you're always in one point, you're going to see the other camera. It's very difficult to be coordinating uh, two cameras. And it's not only to take the decision for me of the frame, I think that each character has its own way to be represented in the style. And you as a director need to find which is that way. For example, in Tea Time was only uh, close-up because I know that I, in each scene I need to put many years, so the close-up allows me to do that. But in this film, for example, all the people that doesn't have Down syndrome, it's out of focus. You never see the teachers, uh, you never see the parents, they are out of this world. And after 10 minutes, I really believe that you feel that they don't have Down syndrome and you're part of that world and they are normal for you. And that is a decision that you can, it's not only to put the camera, it's also to think how to represent them with the camera and how to represent the point of view with the camera because in this kind of documentaries, you cannot say your opinion explicit with a text in the beginning, you cannot use your voice to say your opinion, your opinion are in these decisions that you make before, so that is why it's important. Can I just, can I just quick follow up? Um, so let's, let's have an example like uh, the conversation that Rita had with uh, this uh -huh. teacher. So then you shot it twice then, right? I mean, because there was one angle over her shoulder and then there was the other one in front of her face. So how did you do this? It, it was very long. And we, we have the time to move it. Uh, and with this character, it was more easy than with others because they repeat a lot the dialogue <laughs> every time. So you have a really long time to move with the camera because they say something and they repeat it and they repeat it again. So uh, it's the perfect situation. Like you have three takes in reality uh, all the time. Oh, many questions. Yes, please. Something you just said right now, uh, also what Mena said before, that something to do with identification. Uh, and like you mentioned, Mena, that uh, time or temporality is a, is a big variable in the, in the equation of making the audience. You mean length of shots? Yes, yeah. just one though, out of, out of many. And uh, I feel like Maite just like, the out of focus thing you just said, I was a bit confused when I looked at it, but now it becomes a lot more clear that you really did think out many possible ways to uh, accelerate the process of identification for the audience. I'm really interested about that, and could you maybe even talk a bit more about some of the strategies you used to yeah, build I up think on? Rita, for example, for me, it's one of the strategy for that also, because uh, I think in documentaries, the filmmakers, uh, we always forget about humor. And the emotional, it's not only in the drama, it's almost all the time in the humor, and the humor, it's a good thing to connect quickly with the audience, more than the drama. The drama, you have to construct it with more time and with deep scenes, but the humor, humor is fast and you connect easily. 
And Rita, for example, was one of the characters that allowed us to work with the humor for the beginning, and you can uh, mock, uh, I think that we, we want to make social changes and we want to connect people, but we cannot forget that we have to forget that we have two emotions, drama and only the humor. And you have to, I like to work with both in the films because life has both. And that is my thinking about connecting with the audience, that you must have, or I need to have humor in some point to enter quickly with the situation. Uh, so you're saying that dramaturgical tonality is also another way of like adding up or building up an identification. I, I need, yeah, I need to identify with the characters and with, with the situations uh, all the time, yeah. Like I cannot, I don't like to see films when you don't identify with the characters. And it's difficult <coughs> because I think that everybody told you that you have to make your story universal. And it's very difficult to make it universal, but the, the universal thing is only in the motion. I cannot identify with a specific context. The only thing that we have in common with different countries are emotions. So the emotions are the things that are going to make your film universal. And it's very terrible because everybody told you, you your film must be universal and also particular. And it's like, how, how can my film be unique and also universal? It seems like contradictory. Things. That, that's typical. That's fine answers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Cecilia, but it is. It's so true. <laughs> what, what they actually mean when they say universal is that you have a story, and underneath the story you have theme, thematic line or theme. The film is never just about, let's say, the subject. It always should be about what's lying underneath. And that will mean that I can, let's say, let's say you're making a film about Formula One. I don't care about Formula One. I will never watch a Formula One. But I can imagine a, for, a film uh, which, which is it's arena is Formula One, which I can like because underneath the car, little boys and cars going as fast as possible, there can be different thematic layer, for example, why you play with death so, so, so clearly. And then that's a subject I can relate to, or a theme I can relate to. So in the end, me watching cars driving around the track as fast as possible can make me think about my own life. You make a film becomes universal when I, even though I'm living completely on the side of the world or whatever, in the end, end up thinking about or learning something about myself, about my own life. But that is emotions, why not? Emotions is one of the things you use to get there. Yeah, but it's not just about emotions. How do you connect? Just look at the end of our film. Yeah, which yeah, we, which yeah. we will come to. And how do you connect with that, with that light? Emotion. Emotion. No, not this. Yeah. No. Me too, Russia. No. Yes. You can. Yes. No. The, the, I, you see this? No, I don't want to work with you story, anymore. The storytelling. <laughs> yes, we have to say that we only, uh, he only learned one word in, one word in Spanish, that is, like you shut up. <laughs> and I learned only one word in that, that is nay, 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 that is no. That is our kind of discussion. I, the motion, it's like, the, I think it's that the motion connects. It's not only emotion, it can also be thought. 
identification. It can also be not only thought process, uh, blasphemy. Yeah. But this is, this <laughs> speaking slightly as a commissioning editor, this, this is a very interesting uh, example of a film where normally you would say, topic-wise, story-wise, that every country has their own situation with people with Down syndrome, and they would have their own film about it. It's very difficult to pitch internationally a project like yeah, this, topic-wise, yes. for your specific angle on it, and I think that's where we're mixing up identification, uh, rational thought, and emotions. But what comes clear in this film is about the, the premise, and the f premise about is about them. We don't have any others in the, in focus, but also about being uh, able to live the life you want to live. Yeah, exactly. That and that, the, and that you recognize even if you don't have balance. Exactly. Yeah. And it was very difficult to pitch it for that reason to the commission editors. Like, I have, everybody told me, like, I have uh, Down syndrome people in my country. Why, I, I, why do I buy this film that it's not from my language? And the universal thing was that exactly, that it's not about Down syndrome. It's about to grow old and do, to don't uh, catch your dreams and your goals in life, and you can identify with that emotion even if you don't have Down syndrome. But I want to say about the particular and the unique thing, because you always need also that unique thing uh, plus the universal. And in this case, I think it's, they are the only one in the world that they have been in the same school for 40 years. I, and there was no commission editor that can tell me, no, but in my country they have been 60 years in the school. No, <laughs> they were really unique in that case. So you have both, and it's important to find what are, is your unique thing in the film, that, and they, the unique things are not the emotions, are like the context and the situation. Exactly. And I can understand that it was difficult to push, because <coughs> I remember when Maite told me about the next film, possibly in Burton, that that was said it's about people dancing them. I said, oh, no, I, I get, I'm, it's, I'm not proud to say, but I get uncomfortable when I have people with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So then I had to think, oh, I have to watch two months watching people dancing. Please, no. <laughs> um, which is probably the action most of us will have. Um, because seeing people with illnesses or problems confronts you with your own possible whatever, which we don't want to talk about right now. Um, so you don't want to see it. That's another reason, um, for example, if you look back at the beginning clip, um, with the, with the uh, voiceover where she then ends telling about how she loves this Andres and he hugs her and you see a big smile. Um, I relate to that as not seeing somebody in dancing but not judging that. I just see somebody suddenly perfectly happy in the arms of somebody she loves. And that's an emotion I can relate with. So within five minutes, I forget and watch people dancing because they have the same kind of emotions, same kind of feelings, etc. I sometimes stole chocolate, and you know, <laughs> yes. don't tell others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Yes, please. I got a question about the protagonist because uh, for me, into the, the editing, there is a third part, part the, the editor, the, the director, and the person that, that you are filming because that's an, an observative. Uh, documentary. Did you show before the final cut uh, the movie to, to the people uh, that, uh, that you, you, you were filming? 
or not, it's not you, your, your kind no. of process? No, it's not my kind of process in general. I have to say that I, I'm never nervous with the premieres. I think I, I don't nervous with the premiere here. The only day that I get nervous is when I have to show the film to the characters because I, it's your point of view about them. So I cannot give them to the editing room because it's us, how I see them. So it's really important to know that. They cannot decide about that. They, and you have a responsibility on them that you have to show them as you look them in reality. And sometimes you have to lie also because you see, you see things that really happen, but you know that the character are going to regret about that. And sometimes you take care of them. And as a director, you take care of them, but only it's your point of view and you have to defend it. And you're not going to came with their opinions to the editing room because it's very difficult to see yourself in the screening and it's very difficult to like it yourself in the screening. So their comments are not going to be, uh, are they going to be as they want to appear, but that's not the story. So what was their the feedback? No, they, they didn't see it yet. Ah, okay. No, yet. And for tea, uh, tea time? Uh, tea time was a very funny experience because I was really nervous. Also, I, I, with the characters, <coughs> I'm always nervous. And we rent a theater before the Tillian premiere, and in the screening, they cry all the time. And it was like, ah, <laughs> oh, what did I do? Like, they really have a bad time. And I asked them at the end, like, you didn't like it? No, we like it, but the life passed in the screening. And, and then it was very funny because they complain a lot because they see, they feel that all the wrinkles uh, in the close-up <laughs> appears and the makeup was terrible and why I didn't hire a makeup stylist for the film. <laughs> like that kind of concern do they have? Not about the topic, not about the story, it's how their looks in the film. So Ladies. yeah, it's <laughs> other, it's other, if you take the character to the editing room, that's are the concerns sometimes. It's not about it's not the sometimes, story. nearly always. Yeah, there always. will be that kind of stuff also going on. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't have a clip with it, I think, but I know that you, I think, Maite, you told me, I mean, in continuation of loyalty to your characters, and you've been living with them for so long, and, ah. in, and in comes Menno as an editor. Yeah. And that was, the, what, am I right? There was a discussion Same. about, you know, yeah, something exactly. that you wanted included, but you did not. Would you mind telling yeah, us a bit I about have, that? I live in a very conservative country in the loss for Down syndrome people. And I think that I also have a conservative chip in, in my mind that Menno as a Dutch doesn't have. <laughs> uh, so there is a scene that was really very complicated for me because I was all the time, oh, what are they going to say? The parents, I don't want to show them in that situation. I don't want to put them in problems. And men say, they're not going to be in problems. Yeah, in the Netherlands, they're not going to be in problems, but in Chile, maybe. But finally, yeah, we, the place that we put the scene in the strat, in the storytelling, uh, <laughs> it, it is a place that I think it's really work and don't feel it as I feel it and Menno combines me that they are not going to have problems. I hope that. Well, the, but the, the, the thing is, um, you, uh, basically, we, we are talking about Rita 
okay, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you meant Anita Nandes. No, 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 uh, that one, no, Rita Nandes. Yeah. This, this school is an unusual place, I have to say, for those that will soon see the film. They, they treat them as grown-ups. Yeah. They are allowed to, I, I even think it would be a challenge in some European countries, yeah. uh, the way they are allowed to be together as grown-ups. Just to say, and I think that was, yeah, and you were saying their families don't really know exactly what's, what's going on at school. What's happening in the school, yeah. But what do you think about that school? About the Rita? Uh-huh. I, I, I still have a feeling. Uh, I, I, I understand it's, it can be it's a very painful moment for one of the, the characters. Extremely painful moment. Um, in which, of course, you always have to... Uh, I mean, a big part of documentary is that you all have to be very ethical. You can never misuse your character for the dramatic effect because it's so nice for your film or your scene or whatever. And this was, this was a case where there was a balance. Are we now overstepping a bound? And it becoming too personal, too too close or not. My general feeling was it was yes, it was close to the edge, but it wasn't over the edge. Um, and you found but it wasn't seen be discussed. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember if it's in our house. It's, it's, it's in. It's still in. Yeah. Okay. You combined me. Okay. Now yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. But shall shall we move on to the next clip? Uh, yeah. It's we have to say that it's the end of the film. No, no. This ah. is the election. Do we have time? Yes. Okay. okay. Cool. I think we should. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do it because it's an interesting. Because the okay. discussion around this was in or out. In or out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's see the election clip.
was going to say, dirty yeah. campaigning yeah. happens yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the choices. No, no. <laughs> well, um, another comment first, uh, before we were talking about uh, faking, setting up, uh, staging, um, like the slash shot. When I saw it, I thought this is just too, you know. Too good to be true. Too good to be true. Um, the first time I saw it, my heart broke for Ricardo. Ricardo is very manipulative. He's not a very nice person necessarily. Um, he tries to do his best, but he's so always forcing people, always telling everybody what to do and not to do. And it's, it's a bit of a, but that moment, you know, you win the election and then people walk away, come in, and this, I felt them so alone. I could very much identify with the feeling. So that was one of my emotional high points in the film. So um, I certainly didn't want to lose that shot. Um, we, had a, we had a lot of problems with the scene. There were two reasons. Um, when I saw one of the first rough cuts, which was sent to me from Chile to make comments, um, Chilean elections are complicated. They're not, because first they have to choose one from the class and then from the whole school, all the class leaders and whatever. And they put both election scenes resulting in me not understanding. But he just won and now he suddenly loses and this and that and, and, and whatever. Um, and we, had, we didn't have a lot of material for it. This is more or less all we had. And, and it was just, it was clumsy. It's not so well told. It's a bit, it's, it's not a very good scene as a scene itself. I mean, that it has some fantastic elements, like it's trying to bribe people and then whatever. I mean, that's a fantastic end shot. But it was always an uncomfortable scene, which didn't, which always felt forced into the film, wherever we tried it. So we struggled a lot with it. I don't remember the exact process, but it's been all over the place in the film. We even tried starting with it with at a certain we point. An opening, yeah. the middle, the end, and the we tried it everywhere. Yeah. Till and we take it out for yeah, a long time. Yeah, we took time. it out for a long time. Um, and, but when we put it out, we missed it, partly because of just the fun, partly because it's a common in Chilean society. Mm. Um, it's not uncommon to buy votes, let's say. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that the outside world, I mean, they're a reflection of the outside world. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I remember fighting for, for yeah. at least discussing and, and putting the film back, mm. or the scene back. And obviously, the end shot for me was a way very important mm. factor. And it's com yeah, it was difficult because it's important as they understand the uh, the world, but it was not part of the storytelling. Like the character uh, don't develop in that moment anything of the story that it's we are working on. So it was an isolated situation that we don't we didn't know how to put. Yeah, and the fact that he becomes the president or whatever. And doesn't lead anywhere, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come back in the story or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was also sort of yeah, loose little island in the film. So when I finally ended up in the field, it was about finding the right spot for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it was a good scene finally to construct Ricardo's character. I think that his personality, that he's a main character in the film, is there and you understand his mind for the rest of the film. Yeah. And, and you don't necessarily find the right spot for a scene, you also construct the right spot for a scene. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. It's 
not just that you put them in there and suddenly it all fits now. All has consequences. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything has consequences. See, time is running out, but I think it would be, and I, Mike has told me I can run 10 minutes over, so I think maybe we should take a final clip, which is about the end of the film, and you talk about that, and then we can save a few minutes in the end for whatever questions that might be. Okay. Is that okay? We are showing the, the end of the film because it's very useful to, to understand the decisions that we made. But don't, we are not killing the film. You can go to see it on Saturday anyway. <laughs> Shall we show it and you can reflect on it afterwards? Yeah. The end, please. Porque hoy día de hoy, chiquillo, te lo digo, porque lo que pasa, lo que pasa, que este contrato de ahora se terminó. Ahora se viene el fin de mi vida con la luta.
what we started discussing Basically. in a way, yes. the cinematic choice, the, 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 the other choice for making a point, yeah. please. Basically, it's the same thing we had at the beginning. Let's say, ideally speaking, dramatically speaking, in the close-up of the singing, we see the full emotion of Anita is the point where the film should stop. In the dramatic high point, it's, you know, we all be walking out of cinema crying, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and we were told by many of the people who came to view, among others, the commissioning editors, um, that was the point to stop the film. For us, we did discuss it, we could take this kind of comment seriously, but for us it really never was an option, because, and that's exactly uh, what I'm, I, I'm not about making the ideal, objectively best film, if there is such a thing, it's about what the director wants to say. One of the reasons Maite made a film is because she wants to help, um, or hopes to, let's say, make a change in the life of people in this kind of situation, that the world will, after that it will be taken a bit more seriously, that will be some change, etc., etc. So for us it was essential to show Anita after how she, a year later, next school year, she's still at fucking school, like she will be the rest of her life because her mom puts her there and will never give her one inch of freedom. And she's totally bored. She's totally fed up. She's been doing the same thing for 40 years. She wants to be considered as a grown-up person. And that was an essential point to make because this film is about changing the way we look at mental health handicaps. Yeah, that was the choice finally. I think that everybody told us to end with Anita singing. But as I said before, in this kind of documentaries, when you cannot put a text and I cannot say my opinion is this, the opinion is in the camera, the sound, and the storytelling. And uh, in this case, if you end with her going again to the school uh, after in the 41 year that she's going to school, you're really saying something about that loop in life and you're really saying that her life is not going to change and that was the main topic of the film and the change that we want to make in Chile. So it's really important to put the opinion at the end. And it was also important because for us, it's not also the film about Anita's love story. Uh, she's representing a group, and she's representing a biggest group uh, in the society. So uh, we are very uh, committed with her love story, but our commitment is with the group, not only with her story. So. That was also important. Yeah. So there's never any, you know, any possibility we would mm. have taken it out. We so tried. We did try to change yeah. it in different yeah. ways and made yeah. it a bit longer, a bit shorter, whatever. But mm. yeah. it had to be in because that's the point the film wants to make. If not, we wouldn't have bothered with making a film. Mm. Yeah. We also yeah. tried to change the phone at the beginning. That was a yeah. good option. It's so funny because the things that work at the end also work at the beginning. Mm. That was the perfect choice <laughs> that you can move. But finally, yeah. yeah. There because we really realize that time passes in that mm. way and nothing changes. Basically, time is more or less up, but I think we should offer a few minutes for questions. Are there any burning questions? I mm -hmm. thought I saw a hand before. Please. Um, maybe you could um, tell us a little bit more about your research, like. Um, 
with how many people uh, did you talk? How did you get really access? And at what point did you really figure out uh, which of your characters uh, was playing what kind of role? Well, I I make a um, very how do I say theoretical research theoretical research at the beginning because Chile it's one of the countries that more Down syndrome people get born each year and the expectancy of life increased in the last years when they get born were was 25 so the parents thought that they are going to live more than they kids and they didn't raise them to be adults, and now it's 60, so they are a new group in society in the world in this, because it's the new life expectancy. They are adults, but they were never raised as an adult, so that was the point that I want to research and the group that I want to find in society. And I start searching for old group with Down syndrome in different uh, cities in my city, but they are there were the only ones that they are still together because this is a private school and the public system of school in Chile allowed them to be at the school until 25, and then they are alone in their house and they don't have relation with their friends or with others. So. I think it's a group that really represents the situation that I want to speak about, that it's like, okay, we have adults with Down syndrome now in our society, but we are not treat them as adults. That was like the research goal, finally, to find someone that represents that, and they represent it. And then inside the school, yeah, I, I spend a long time with them to choose which are going to be the main characters because when you work with a group, you cannot choose all of them. You have to choose some of them that represent uh, all the group. And access to the school? The access to the school, yeah, it was, I spent, I have an aunt with Down syndrome uh, that uh, was, went to that school also, so it was easy to enter. But yeah, these characters was very difficult to produce everything because you have, you need the authorization of the school, of the owner of the school, of the school commitment, of its fathers. So everything that you want to do is like with a lot of uh, authorizations, but everybody allows uh, us to shoot and the characters also. It's not only the decision of the parents, character, parents, and school involved. One final question we have time for. Yes? Thank you. Um, I had a question about the script. How different is the film from the script? And how much have you uh, based the, the actual uh, storytelling? on the script. If there was a script. If there was a script, yes. In the below, I, I usually write a script before shooting because I needed to get focused and to know what kind of scenes I need and I need to find. And I think that the main scenes of the film uh, were on the development script. And for example, the Rita scenes that we saw, it's exactly the same that was in the script because 
I saw it all the time. So I write the scenes of the situations that I saw in the research. So my script, it, maybe the order of the things are different, but the kind of situations that I want are all in the scenes, like the kind of classes. For example, they have an adulthood workshop when, when, where they discuss how to be adults or what they want for their life. And that class was important from the beginning and it's in the development script and it's in the film. But there are classes that I don't care about that. I don't care like the Spanish classes, for example. And as it was not in my script, I didn't shoot it also because I know that I didn't need that class for my story. So the script helped me to know what to shoot when I'm in the place because you cannot shoot everything and all days and all the time. So. That's why I decide like three days and I put my three days in the days that of the classes that I need and of the uh, kitchen, the days that they are in the kitchen and the situations that I need. I think that the script, it's important to produce to, for production also to decide how are you going to shoot, uh, how much time, which days, which hours but for the situations that you need. Okay, thank you so much, Maite and Menno, for sharing. Thanks. The film yeah. will be shown on yeah. Saturday on at Saturday 7. Saturday at 7, and Tuchinsky 1. Tuchinsky 1. Remember yeah. to see it. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.